I'm going to take one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words and preach a message. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 13 says these words, Jesus speaking, you are the salt of the earth. Say it with me. I am. Put your hand right here. I am the salt of the earth. Lord, for the next few moments of time, I ask you to enlighten the eyes of our understanding. If anyone has come in this building that, are, that is carrying any sense of oppression or depression, by the time this message is over, they will be delivered. Any burdens they are carrying will roll off of them during this service today. Generational curses will be broken today. Any evil spirit that is not of God will leave their life today simply because they walked into this sanctuary and received your word. Now, Lord, I pray that you will put a hunger in these people for a prophetic utterance for their future and for their life till they're leaning forward in their faith with great expectation, anticipation, grouped with enthusiasm for what you are about to do. Our faith is high today. We believe you. Say it with me. Have your way, Lord. Give him praise one more time, everyone. Now, if you don't mind, give somebody a fist pump, a high five, or an elbow. And tell them one more time, it's on in the building. We're going to move from just some trivial thoughts to really spiritual matters in this sermon. And we'll be, begin with just some real practical, trivial thoughts. By the end of the service, it will be real spiritual. The anointing is already here. How many of you believe the anointing breaks the yoke? That's what the Bible says. Glory to God. Thank you for agreement in this house, Lord. Thank you for agreement in this sanctuary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So there's a couple of things about salt. Interesting facts about salt. I thought I would share some of this stuff. I had no idea. Did you know if you soak older, wrinkled apples? In a mixture of salt and water, the wrinkles will go away. I did not know that. I looked at myself this morning and thought, when I get home today, <laughs> I'm just going to soak. <laughs> it is the only family of rocks regularly eaten by people. Mixing salt in with, water, in with water of cut flowers in a vase will help the flowers live longer. Flowers live longer in salt water. If you rub salt on your griddle, your pancakes will not stick. Preach in the building. <laughs> Every cell in your body contains salt. 
adding a little salt to your boiling water when boiling your eggs will help prevent the egg from cracking. I didn't know that. And it'll stop the egg from coming out of the shell if it does crack. Stay in there, egg. You can test the freshness of eggs in a cup of salt water. Fresh eggs will sink. Bad eggs will float. <laughs> if you get in that tub and start floating, <laughs> you know you're a bad egg. <laughs> Sprinkling salt in your pantry will help keep ants out of your pantry. Didn't know that. Your body needs 200 milligrams of salt per day to be healthy. Now, I've always heard, don't, my cardiologist told me, don't even look at the salt shaker. I'm going back and tell him I'm going to get at least 200 milligrams. <laughs> you can sprinkle salt, I didn't know this either, between the bricks or rocks where you don't want grass to grow, like on the sidewalk. I didn't know that either. Did anybody know those things? There's someone in this building that knew all 10 of those things because you are a salt Scientologist. <laughs> I've learned something that I've enjoyed that little comedy moment. But I've learned something scripturally that there are only two signs or symbols of covenant that I can find in scripture. One is blood. The other is salt. Two symbols of covenant. One is blood. The other is salt. Don't you find it interesting that when Jesus was in Gethsemane praying, that the Bible says he sweated drops of blood. Sweat is made of salt. Both covenants came out of him at one time. Another interesting fact, the word salary, not celery, salary, comes from an ancient word that means salt money and refers to a Roman soldier allowance for the purchase of salt. Someone who earns his pay is said to be what? Worth his salt. And if he's not worth his pay, you say He's not worth his salt, right? So I've been studying on all of these things and thinking them through for a couple of weeks now, wrapping my mind around the idea of a salt covenant or the covenant of salt. Immediately, my mind went to the idea that the covenant of salt was one that signified a perpetual promise. The covenant of salt signified a perpetual, say that word, promise. Perpetual 
promise. And I found that located in 2 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 2. Verses 2 through 5 actually talk about a war between Abijah and Jeroboam. Humor me for a moment as I give you some history on the salt covenant or the covenant of salt. Abijah was the king of Judah. Jeroboam was the king of Israel. Jeroboam was going to attack Judah. And the Bible says Abijah went to the top of the mountain and he said to all of Israel and Jeroboam, do you not know that God has made a covenant of salt with David? You can read it for yourself in, in the Bible. And he has said, that David's seed would be on the throne forever. In other words, because of a covenant of salt between God and David, God would give David a dynasty. You know what a dynasty is? A dynasty is an institution, a team, a group, a community that wins way more than they lose. When you think of dynasties, you think of succession. Who's next? And God said you can look as far down the line of David as you want to look. His lineage will never lose. Because of the covenant of salt. Now you have to realize that Judah is outnumbered two to one in this war. The Jeroboam had 800,000 soldiers. And Abijah had 400,000. But verse number 15 of 2 Chronicles 13 says, the men of Judah raised the battle shout. And when the men of Judah shouted, God defeated Jeroboam. And all Israel before Abijah and Judah. Let me tell you something. When you get a correct, not recognition, but revelation of the covenant of salt. And you're going to get it today. And you begin to walk in the full efficacy of what that covenant offers you. Then you can be outnumbered to the one and all the odds be against you. And you're going to overcome, you're going to overwhelm, you're going to conquer, and you're going to defeat. As a matter of fact, God's going to shift many of your minds today from pessimism to optimism, from unbelief to faith. You're going to shift today from being a failure to being a victor. From being a victim to being a champion. You're going to walk out of this building knowing there ain't a devil in hell that can come against God's anointed and God's appointed and ultimately defeat them. Even though you are down, today is your bounce back day. Abijah is an evil king. Did you hear me? Jeroboam is an evil king. But at least Abijah had enough sense to recognize 
that the covenant of salt established David in a relationship with God that could not be defeated. And when you read 2 Samuel, I'll just leave it here, verse, chapter 7, verses 11 through 16. You know what? I am going to read it. Listen what God tells David. Furthermore, the Lord declares that he's going to make a house for you, David, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will raise up your descendants your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. Solomon, he is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name, and I will secure his royal throne forever. I will be his father. He will be my son. Listen, if he sins, I will correct him. I will discipline him like any father would do, but my favor. But my favor I will not take from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from your sight. Your house, listen to it, and your kingdom will continue before me for all time. And your throne will be secure forever. Why? Because you made a salt covenant with me. Just for the sake of your understanding, the salt covenant is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 5. Ought ye not to know that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom over Israel to David forever, even to him and to his sons by a covenant of salt? Strong stuff, isn't it? So the dynasty is secured through a covenant. The meaning of a salt covenant is an agreement that is meant, listen to me carefully, to endure regardless of any circumstance. Now, I'm going to scream for you and sweat and all that in a minute. I know some of you are waiting for that type of entertainment. But right now, you need to get these hardcore facts down. The meaning of a salt covenant is an agreement that is meant to endure. Say it again, Pastor Rick. The meaning of a salt covenant is an agreement that is meant to endure regardless of the circumstances. So my question immediately was, where did David learn the significance of being in a salt covenant with God? How did he even know to do that? You find it in Numbers 18, 19, where God speaks to Aaron. And he says, all the heave offerings of the holy things which the people of Israel offer to me and have given to me and thy sons and thy daughters with thee by a statute forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord unto you and to your seed with you. It started with the Levitical priesthood. Boy, I wish I had time. If it started in the Levitical priesthood, then it started as a Levitical rite. A Levitical rite belongs to the line of Aaron. Aaron is in charge of the incense. The priests carry the worship. Some of you came in here with a light kind of worship. 
Others of you came in here with assaulted worship. Some of you came in here with the depth of praise that it came from the sincerity of your heart. You're so sincere with your worship. Tell your neighbor, I got salty worship today. Yeah. It's the notion of an enduring covenant of salt. One that continues from this generation to that generation to that generation. Good stuff. It is important, listen to me carefully, in both Numbers and in Chronicles, and it's very specific, that it's to Aaron and his seed. It's to David and his seed. What you do not realize is that when you enter into salt covenant with God, you are preserving not just your present. You are preserving your future, not for you, but for those that are following you. A salt covenant between me and God covers River Ricky. Are you with me? I'm going to show you today. God is good. So the reminder is found all the way. It's passed down from generation to generation. I'm going to take my time with this. goes all the way to Ezra. When Ezra, Nehemiah, and Zerubbabel are rebuilding the temple, where they're rebuilding the wall, God tells them in verse 22, bring up to a hundred talents of silver in your offerings. Bring a hundred cores of wheat in your offering. Bring a hundred baths of wine in your offering. A hundred baths of olive oil in your offering. But when it comes to salt, bring it without limit. Are you starting to get the picture? God said when it comes to salt, you bring all you can bring because I have connected who I am to salt. I am attached. I am attracted. I have a gravitational pull to salt. Boy, this is good stuff. So Jesus says, in Mark chapter 9 and verse 50. Some of you thinking, Pastor Rick, is salt really that important? I just can't imagine that salt is that important to God. Let me submit something to you. God has a way of using the craziest stuff to teach us things. God has a way of using strange things to teach us deep principles. He uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Who would think that Moses could put a snake on a stick? And if you look at it, you're going to be healed. Who would think Moses would stretch a rod, just a stick, over a Red Sea. And it parts. And all of Israel walks over on dry land. Could God do it without the stick? Well, of course. But he wanted to use something silly to do something 
extraordinarily powerful. Who would think one stone could kill a giant? Who would think that the jawbone of an ass could kill a thousand? Are y'all with me right now? Who would think that a little boy with a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread could feed 5,000? And that's not counting women and children. We don't know how many that little bit of fish and, and salt. God can use something as small as a grain of salt. He uses you. Jesus says in Mark 9.50, salt is good for seasoning. Come on in this building. But if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must... Jesus says, have the qualities of salt among yourselves. Don't miss this right here. You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Did he just say that the quality of salt is being at peace? I think he did, Vicki. I think that's what he said. And live in peace. You must have the qualities of salt. And live at peace. Good God have mercy. With each other. Paul the apostle started catching this revelation. And he writes to Colossians in chapter 4 and verse 6. And he says let your speech be always seasoned with grace. Or be always with grace, season with salt, that you may know how to answer every man. Whew. Something about salt and communication, something about salt and peace works its way through the New Testament. Salt was a symbol of unbreakable friendships, alliances. That were to be preserved. See it's going to get quiet. Because there's so much discord. And so much division. In the church. That you can't really tell. Help me Jesus. The difference in the church. And the world. The agreement of a covenant of salt between people was to be solid, unbreakable, everlasting. If two men partake of salt together, they are sworn to protect each other. Even if they had previously been enemies. Sure quiet in here. You must have the qualities of salt among you. And live in peace with each other. See, Jesus is going to say it like this in Matthew 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out, listen, 
and trampled underfoot and called worthless. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hill, you cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. See, here's the thing, folks. The, the thing about salt and light is this. You know when it's there, and you know when it's not there. Y'all just missed that right there. Jesus said salt is like light. You know when it's there, and you know when it's not there. My wife makes the best breakfast tacos in all of creation. I promise you. Homemade flour tortillas. She takes potatoes and mixes that with bacon and eggs. This is just one of her many famous tacos. This is the one I enjoyed on yesterday morning. Yes, it was my Saturday morning delight. She takes a lot of time rolling out the tortillas. She takes a lot of time on how she makes these beautiful, wonderful, delicious, scrumptious, incredible tacos. She brought them to the table. Ah, reach down. And put it on my tortilla. I closed it. Oh, did I forget the salsa? Oh, she makes that too, homemade, the salsa. Oh, yeah. Don't be coming to her asking to buy none. It's for me. And I put it on the taco. I closed the taco. I sent pictures to all the people. I always send pictures up to make them jealous. I closed the tortilla. I pulled it up to my mouth. I bit it. I said, thank you, Jesus. I set it down. I said, baby, that taco is good. She said, I forgot to tell you. Put a little salt on it. Because it does not have any salt other than the bacon that is in it. I immediately recognized she was right. I knew it didn't have enough salt. My God. When I pulled that salt shaker over that taco and I just sprinkled it on top. That salt just pulled all of the taste out of a potato. Out of an egg. And accompanied the bacon. Had a party in my mouth. I said, girlfriend, come and hug me. This is the best taco that I've ever had in my entire life. Are y'all hungry yet? I can keep going. It's not 12. But without that salt, it was just a little bland. A little bland. You know when it's there. You know when it's not. You know when the light's on. You know when the light is off. 
Mm, I'm a little leery to say this, but the church has lost its flavor. Do they even know we are here? Or do we sound just like them? We fight among each other as much as they fight each other. That's why he said, live at peace with everyone because the number one sign of salt covenant is peace between each other. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Is the church really the light of the world right now? You talk, you, you, answer, you, know, you give your own answer there. In my opinion, if we are, we're just a glow on the end of the wick. We're certainly not blazing. We're certainly not lighting up the world. Preach in this building, Pastor Rick. So when we walk in places, we should bring flavor with us. There is something different about those two guys who just walked in this restaurant. There's something different about that couple that just walked in this store because you don't come in there and blend in. You don't come in there and add to the bland or add to the dark. When you come in, you come in bringing flavor with you. I remember preaching one time, I'm not just blessing highly favored, I'm blessing highly flavored. Tell your neighbor I'm blessed and highly flavored. There ought to be some seasoning on your life. There ought to be something about you that looks different, talks different, acts different. You can't be out here acting like everybody else and lighten up this world. Salt makes people hungry. Salt makes people thirsty. We ought to be like that in this earth. Seasoned right makes you wise. A seasoned saint is a saint who is mature. You can tell unsalted Christians because they're immature. They mad at everybody, mad at everything. If you're not like me, you're not holy. If you ain't doing what I do, you're not living for God. Are you in the building right now? That's an unsalted somebody. But a seasoned veteran in the things of God is very patient and very mature. You know we rope, we team rope. There's a difference in taking a green horse, horse to a roping and a seasoned horse to a roping. If you want to lose, take the green horse. He's immature. The crowd's going to blow his mind. He's going to get antsy and full of anxiety. He might do anything with that seasoned one. I showed off yesterday. I got a horse named Cisco. I call him Cisco Kid. Was a friend of mine. I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. And I got Cisco. We were roping. And my brother was there. And I love to show out in front of my brother. Because he always showing out in front of me. 
So I'm on old Cisco, and I said, brother, watch this right here. And I just reached, Madeline will appreciate this, and I just took the bridle, tie down, and everything off of him. And I'm on him. He ain't got no bridle. He ain't got nothing. And old Cisco just starts spinning around. And then back up. I'll put the video up on Facebook so y'all can see it later. You don't have to ask for it. I'll just do it. And I backed him up. And then he spun this way and spun that way. You know what Cisco is? Cisco is seasoned. You can take Cisco anywhere you want to take him. He's the same horse everywhere he goes. You can count on him because he's seasoned. Did you hear what I said? See, we ought to be able to count on saints that are seasoned. You've been in this for 15 years. Stop acting like you ain't got no salt on you. Stop acting like you ain't salty. You've been in this 20 years. Stop acting like you're not seasoned. Quit acting immature, complaining about everything. Grow up and get some seasoning. Preach in this building, Pastor Rick. Grow up and get some seasoning in your life. I'm not done. That was the introduction. Whew. Somebody shout salt. Now, Everybody uses this little salty word about their spouses being in a bad attitude. <laughs> right? That's, y'all, I know y'all didn't know I was that contemporary, but I am. So we post, he's acting a little salty today, which means he's a little off. <laughs> he got a little attitude with him. And really, salty should be his attitude is great. Because if you go scriptural, I hate to use the Bible on you, the B-I-B-L-E. But if you go scriptural, salty has to do with being mature. It has to do with your attitude. So we're going to flip the script today. Everybody shout, I'm a little salty right now. Now tell your neighbor right by you, I'm salty. And listen, salty means I got a good attitude about stuff. I got a good perspective about stuff. Right? I'm going to end with this. Salt, scripturally, is very prophetic. I didn't say pathetic. I remember being in Houston preaching a revival. And a lady walked up to me afterwards and she said, I got a word for you. I said, well, what is it? She said, it's a pathetic word. (laughs) I said, now, sister, hold your peace. I said, I'll take a prophetic word, but I don't need a pathetic word. She said, you know what I meant. See, if you go to 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 19, the Bible says the men of the city said to Elisha, everyone say the prophet. Behold, I pray you, the situation of this city is pleasant, as you see, but the water is not. The water is bad, and the ground is barren. Don't miss this. And he said, bring me a new cruise and put salt in it. 
And they brought it to him. And he went forth to the spring of the waters. Not to the waters. To the spring of the waters. And cast the salt in there. And he said, thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed to this, this day according to the saying of Elisha. Let's talk about a few things. First of all, this city. The Bible says this city was well situated. It means it was a perfect place in time. It was pleasant, which means it was good, better, or even best. That's powerful. Here's what I realized about this city. The potential is there. Everything is set. There's no reason for this. It should be fruitful. It's barren. <laughs> the water, they said, is bad. Don't miss this. In the Hebrew, it reads like this. The flow of water is bad. It's not just the water. It's the flow of the water into the city is bad. Then he talks about the ground being barren. Barren means to continually miscarry or abort. <laughs> There's no production. Everything that it conceives is lost before it comes into being. We have located the problem, but we don't know how to fix it. And the prophet said, bring me a cruise with salt in it. Don't miss this. He asked for something new and he put it in something old. He asked for something new and what he put in it was old. Don't miss that. He asked for something new and what he put in it was old. Jesus said, you do not put new wine in old wineskins. Lord, have mercy. Bring something new. And he put salt in it. The salt healed the water. It does not say the salt healed the land. It says the water was healed. You know what we need to stop doing? Asking God to heal the symptoms. That's what we pray. We pray against what we see. Stop asking God to heal the symptoms and start asking him to heal the issue. The land could not produce because of what was coming into it. Many of you are not producing at the level you should be producing because of what you allow to flow into your life. What flows into you will ultimately affect what comes out of you. So here's what I did today. I decided we throw in salt in it. And when we leave, leave this building today, there's going to be healing. I prayed for you today that God would heal your waters, not your land. I didn't pray for him to heal your finances. I prayed for him to heal your heart. I didn't pray for him to heal your marriage. 
I prayed for him to heal your heart. I said, God, deal with us at the spring. Go to the heart of the matter. See, the church is lacking salt today. Salt is the symbol of what? Covenant. We don't have covenant, Tracy, anymore. Covenant is gone. And can you imagine a handshake used to work? Now you sign a hundred and something pages to purchase a house. Why? Because of trust. Because of trust. So I asked my team to get me some salt. Can y'all get that salt, Josh? I asked my team to bring me some salt. And here's what I'm going to do. Before you guys pass it out, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to change up some things. Giovanna, I want you to come up here, baby. Chief, can y'all help her up the stage? Don't pass anything out, guys. Hold up one second. I'm going to do this a little bit different. That's what I feel right now. Glory to God. God is good, isn't he? Bring me two vials of salt. Josh, can you grab those? Thank you, sir. Baby, I want you to take your top off of your salt. And here's what I'm going to do with you, babe. We talked about this in the car on the way up here. Jovan, I want to take our marriage to another level. I want to add some salt to it. And what I want to do is add my salt. Now put your top on and shake that, baby. Now, Giovanna, right now, you can't tell the difference between my salt and your salt. Because we are one. Now I want you to put some salt in my vial. And when I shake it up, I can't tell the difference between my salt and her salt. Because we are in covenant. We are one. Are y'all with me right now? So I asked my staff to get y'all some salt. Would you guys pass that salt out, please? Thank you, baby. Everybody get a salt vial. Everyone get one. Stay up here with me, babe. Come on over here. Yeah. We're fixing to add some salt to this church. Tell your neighbor, Quest is getting salty today. Yeah, right. Yeah, in the right way. It's too easy for us to talk bad about each other. It's too easy for people to gossip about church members. It's too easy for you to sit at lunch and question your pastor to people, but you won't question him. It's too easy. It's too easy to dog out people when they're not around. It's too easy. You know what I'm going to talk about with the men on Wednesday night? The covenant of brotherhood. God said you curse with a curse because you forgot the covenant of brotherhood. 
We're going to talk about it on Wednesday. All the brothers are thinking, I might not show up for that. <laughs> shake your salt. Come on, everybody shake your salt. Shake your salt. There you go. Good. That's good. Josh, I need you to come up here with a vial of salt. God gave me this this morning. I want you to stand right here. Crystal, come up here, Crystal. Bring your salt with you. The Lord told me to give you that salt, Mike, Joe, Chief, Josh, Everett. God told me to give you that salt, Greg, Tracy, Stacy, Isaiah. God told me to give you that salt as a gift. You say, Pastor Rick, is that all you could give me as a gift? Is some salt? It's the best I can give you. I'm going to make a covenant. Shake your salt. This is, and say this with me. This is my pastor's covenant to me. Yeah, that's it. Because yeah, this is where you do it, see. This is me making covenant with you. Josh, you are going to represent every man in this church. And I want you to stand right there. Face me. Crystal, you all face each other. You're representing every woman in this church. And this is what Giovanna and I came up with on the way to church today. Put it on the screen, y'all. Do they have it? Okay, there it is. This is my prayer for all of you. That God's protection will be on you and your family. Number two, that God will provide all of your need. Number three, that God will preserve all, y'all shaking it, all your generations. And finally, that you will see the promises of God fulfilled in your lifetime. That's my prayer for you every day. I didn't start praying that today. I pray that every day for y'all already. But every time you look at that salt shaker in your house, this vial, you're going to say, my pastor prayed these four things over me today. My pastor is praying for me. And I got the salt to prove it.